morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Oh, nice haircut. Thank you. I got it yesterday. <laughs> I know. Yesterday was my uh, personal care day. Everyone here knows that you got a haircut yesterday because. Really? Yeah. You make a big deal about I it. I do because yeah. no one says anything to me. Uh, 35 degrees in Jackson right now. We had an overnight low of uh, 31. But it looks like we're going to have a really nice weekend. Temperatures uh, in the 50s, upper 50s, maybe by 60 on uh, Sunday and Monday. Should be nice. Awesome. I can't wait. I have mm -hmm. two, uh, two road soccer games, so hopefully uh, we'll get some nice weather for that. Yeah, how far away do you have to go? It's usually uh, 30 to 45 minutes. <laughs> how about this weekend? 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> both Saturday and Sunday. So. Uh, today in Jackson, party for a cause, and I think this is one of your uh, favorite annual events. Yeah, it absolutely is my favorite, one of my favorite annual mm -hmm. events. And uh, I am wondering kind of what my dress code should be. Last uh, two years I, wa I wore a suit. You wore a suit. I was wondering if I could maybe be a little bit more casual this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, last year you wore a suit, the year before you wore a suit. I think you wore brand new suits both I times. I have a brand new suit to wear. So. I still have time, I still have time. I know. I think Kohl's is open right now. Oh good, I will go to Kohl's. Hey, um, it seems like you've kind of, everyone's kind of been in a little bit of an early November slump around here. Everyone's mm -hmm. kind of been funky. Um, well, I want to get you started with the Christmas parade is coming up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the downtown yeah. Christmas parade, 30. It'll be the 30th year, and uh, we're very excited for that. Um, but uh, And guess where I'm watching from? I uh, will be watching from the Phil Curtis building, and uh, our friends, uh, Phil Curtis, are, uh, they are celebrating 120 years, and I'm going to watch from the probably 11th floor of that. Uh, you could go all the way up to, I think, 16. I think the 16th floor... And it's the highest uh, building in Jackson, and I think maybe 17 floors. I think 17, I don't know if you can go on 17, but yeah. Yeah, so anyways, it'll be busy downtown. I'm very excited about it. Um, parade starts at 6, and um, they will be following CDC guidelines, whatever those happen to be at the time. But it's going to be very busy down here, and I think we are going to broadcast live the parade. Wow. How's that? Ever. First ever. Yeah. Um, so uh, Randy LeMaster and uh, his restaurants are going to help sponsor that parade. So we're going to be able to bring that to you live from downtown Jackson. Um, what is it, the 18th or 19th? Yeah, it's, yeah the Friday before uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. The official, the official uh, community kickoff for the Christmas season before Thanksgiving. But what can you do? You can't stop it. No, you can't. It's, it's coming. In fact, uh, Christmas, 51 days away. Well, that's nuts. I was going to ask you, I've been, uh, I've been doing some Black Friday research, mm -hmm. and um, it seems like Black Friday has already started. But I'm wondering if there are going to be any specials, right? Because everything's with the microchip. How can, they, how can there be any specials? I don't think there really are going to be any this year. In uh, Great Britain, Sony has chartered three jumbo jets to fly in <laughs> uh, PlayStations so that they can get them on the shelves in time for Christmas in Britain. It's crazy. Have yeah. you ever gone out on Black Friday? Never. Never? Yeah. Never have? Never will. Yeah. I have one time, and uh, it was quite the experience. It's quite the experience. So. Uh, you know what this weekend is? Uh, no. What? New York City Marathon. Oh. It's uh, one of the world's largest marathons. Typically, they have 55,000 runners. This year, 30,000. And... A little smaller, but uh, that's due to the uh, pandemic. But it's expected to be an emotional uh, event as a return, a significant uh, milestone returning New York City to somewhat uh, normalcy. Yeah, I mean, you know, you think of these major cities and what are they known for? These major, major events and so many of them, of them have just gone away. Um, so it'll be, it'll be nice to see some of these back and kind of see the city getting back to, to things that um, really what they're known for mm -hmm. instead of just uh, kind of dealing with COVID and the pandemic and the crime and things like that and lack of tourism. 
it, it's nice to get a little bit uh, back to normal. I think the holidays really do that for people. Yeah, well, I, I hope we'll have more normalcy uh, with the holidays, but you know, we still have this pandemic. I know, and I actually did some, uh, some research on it, and uh, it's uncomfortable. Yesterday, we had uh, more cases in the state of Michigan than we've had since last November. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Nuts. So we'll, we'll, we have Dr. Keck from the PIC Center on. We'll be, we'll be talking with him. And what's interesting is, so in the U.S., over 78% of uh, citizens aged 12 and up have at least one shot of the vaccine. So 78% have at least one shot. Yet the cases in like Michigan are higher today than they've been in 11 months. Well, that's 25 to 30 percent of people who have no shots. Well, I understand that. And I understand that. Uh, vaccinate or hospitalization rates, uh, positivity rates, and deaths, um, all mm -hmm. uh, without exception. 90% or greater of all of those are people who are not vaccinated. Yeah, but when so. you take a look at the percentage, um, it's a high percentage, 78, right? And we had been talking about 70%, mm -hmm. kind of getting back to um, more normal or uh, potential herd immunity and things like that. Well, it's just not happening. I mean, it's not happening, not at all. So interested to find out from Dr. Keck his thoughts yeah. on, uh, on that. Because we have the highest number of people vaccinated we've had, and we also have the highest number of cases we've had in quite a long time, so it's crazy. Is Aaron Rodgers vaccinated? No, no. I don't think so. Yeah, that's interesting news. Aaron Rodgers had tested positive for COVID. Of course, we hope he's okay. Um, earlier in the year, he had said that he was Immunized. Immunized. It's funny how like the media just says okay, but then uh, you know folks like Kyrie Irving has to be on the front page of every every single publication for the last five months. So um, he clearly did not get fully vaccinated because the NFL uh, qualifications. Um, they're saying he has not met those qualifications, right. so he probably lied. He lied, okay. according to everything that you can. Surmise. Yeah, and with another interesting thing, their third string quarterback is on COVID protocol too. So I don't know how you gamblers feel about uh, <laughs> Green Bay and KC this week, but uh, maybe they ought to take that off the board. Uh, we've been wondering where Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer uh, has been. She today is going to be um, making a press event. I'm sorry? There's a press event. Really? Today, the governor. Were we invited? Uh, yes, we're invited. But it's going to be a, a very short uh, press event. The governor is going to be signing House Bill 5267, which is also known as the, uh, the tampon tax bill. It repeals the tax on essential feminine hygiene products. So they're expecting that repeal of that tax will save uh, $4,800 of spending over the course of a lifetime for a, uh, a woman. Wow. Or a man who has to run into the store. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is just fantastic. Great. 4800 It's good. $4, a little tax credit. That's a lot of money. It is. It is. It's unbelievable. It's something you men don't have to think about. It's something that we're probably not qualified to talk about. So we won't any further. I think we have some airplane news today. Not a fight on an airplane. Uh, not a brawl. Not a plane being turned around. Not a mask issue. But... Uh, someone uh, was actually tattooing uh, hmm. someone on a plane during a flight. I just yes. Uh, what airlines are these? <laughs> this uh, happened in uh, London. Okay. You, you can see large puddles of ink seen splattering over it. The man getting in some tight and clean line work on his friend while the plane was landing. And people will criticize me, like fellow travelers, aka family members, for completely wiping down with all kinds of uh, alcohol wipes and Clorox and Lysol every surface near my seat. That's why. I'll tell you what the problem traveling with you is, is you can't hear anything once we get past the ch ticket check-in. So you're just kind of on your own doing your thing. 
That's what the biggest problem is. It, is. it turns out it's legal. The uh, TSA will allow you to bring a tattoo, I guess it's a kit. I yeah. Guess. We, it, it's funny what is allowed in through TSA and what's not. I think I told you that uh, in my wife's computer bag she had a pair of just scissors mm -hmm. and we were freaking out and they took them out and then they were like, oh, you can have them back. Scissors are fine. Yeah, scissors are fine. Windschuler's so. bar cheese, though, is not. No. And um, and I will say that if you were traveling um, and you have a, if you buy a candle mm -hmm. and you put the candle in your carry-on, your bag will get searched. Mm -hmm. So if there's, you know, dirty clothes or something in there and you don't want your bag searched, don't, don't buy a candle and travel with it. I, the last time, two times ago, I flew. Um, they took everything out of my backpack, all the candy bars and you hate that. goldfish and everything, and they're they're uh, doing some sort of uh, explosive test with some sort of cloth on every one of the little packages of goldfish and candy hmm. bars and Nature Valley granola bars. Like I would. Well. That's as far as we'll go with that. Hey, speaking of uh, Christmas, uh -huh. did you hear there's going to be a Christmas tree shortage? That can't be. Well, not in Jackson County. We will be just fine. Uh -huh. But due to the severe weather in the Pacific Northwest and the Midwest, there will be a little bit of a shortage. So you should buy that early. But again, yeah. Jackson County, we have no problems here. Buy it early. And uh, of course, you know, they'll have just needles in a pile at Christmas time. Christmas tree shopping is always hard for me. So. Speaking of shopping, it's time for this week's Is It Real or Not? And you've been getting better each week mm -hmm. with this, your ability to discern whether a product is real or not. Let's see how you do today. And people play at home. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Well, how could you not play? <laughs> All right, uh, first up. Cheetos, Mac and Trees, Christmas yeah. edition, real Mac and Trees? Hmm. Uh, that's real. Not. Dang. <laughs> no. No, it's not very appetizing looking. Oh, right. I don't know. Okay. People love Cheetos. All right, nice try. Kit Kat. This is real. Um, this is real, for sure. Fruity cereal flavored Kit Kat. Yes. That's real, for sure. It is real. For sure. Anything with a cereal is is going to lean me toward it being real because cereal has really uh, <laughs> diversified their product. All right. Uh, Crest original toothpaste bars, the flavor of Crest in a frozen treat, real hmm. or not? Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I will say no. Not. Yeah. No. Nope. No. No. Doesn't. All right. You got one more for me? Well. Now you all know when you're done eating Fruit Loops, you have a bowl full of Fruit Loopy milk. Oh my God! Well, now you can buy it, or can you? Real or not? Fruit Loops cereal flavored milk. Uh, that gave me a stomach ache most of my childhood, so I'll say not real. Real? No way. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> it's nuts. real. I think a lot of moms and dads will say, "Finish the cereal. Well, the cereal's gone. It's just that milk." That's disgusting. That is absolutely disgusting. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what can they? What flavors of hard seltzer haven't they tried? Well, Heinz is uh, teaming up to make hard seltzer beans flavored real or not? Real? Not. <laughs> no. Can you imagine bean? Flavored hard seltzer. I can, and I All think right. people would like it. Oh, a Reese's. All right, a lot of people think chocolate and potato chips. This it, should be real. real. Um, I'm going to say no, it's not real. Real. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's one of the uh, big cup mashups that Reese's has. Um, pretzels is another one. That's awesome. Yeah. You have to go to like a big, rich city to get any of these because we don't <laughs> sell them here. All right, what, uh, what's Hidden Valley Ranch up to now? Oh, Mountain Dew flavored blasted dipping sauce. Hmm, two popular flavors, Dew and Ranch. I don't know, that looks like it's got a lot of effort put into it. No, not real. Correct. All right. Not real. That's good, that's nuts. Let's nice. get it, is it, do you have any more? I think there's one more. <laughs> Sour Patch Kids <laughs> Cole. Uh, just in time for Christmas. Uh, 
Real? Real. Yeah, that's yeah. good. It's actually a black raspberry. Yeah, it's very good. It looks good. Know. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. That's it. That's a fun little game we play. <laughs> hey, let's get to our extreme dodge scoreboard. We had volleyball districts last night, and of course, you know we were everywhere. Jonesville three, Homer zero, Hanover Horton three, Concord zero. Lily Wooster had thirteen kills. The championship will be Thursday, that's today, Thursday at 6. Over at uh, East Jackson, Grass Lake defeated Michigan Center 3-2, and Napoleon took care of Lumen Christie 3-1, and those two squads will play on Thursday at 6 o'clock. Uh, Hudson 3, Clinton 0 in volleyball. In Columbia Central, they won 3-0. Now that championship will be Friday at 5.30. So Columbia Central and Hudson for a district final championship on Friday. And then Jackson Christian took care of JPEC, three to nothing. North Adams, Jerome, three, Waldron, zero. Those two teams will meet in the district final. And that is our Extreme Dodge scoreboard brought to you by Extreme Dodge. Check out their new oil change building. It's unbelievable. It's very quick. You just pull up. They hook you up with coffee, cookies, donuts while you wait, and uh, you're in and out. It's an awesome deal. So check out our friends at Extreme Dodge. New Jeeps arriving daily just in time for the winter Jeep in snow driving season. Oh, people love that. Yep. People love that. It's on today's show today we have dr cack from the pick center and we'll be joined by dr cack right after this at consumers energy we believe change is small change is easy updating smart a choice change is our company your company Together, we can bring clean energy to Michigan and protect the environment for generations to come. Learn about your clean energy choices and how you can become a force of change. ConsumersEnergy.com change. The people in Jackson are resilient, the people in Jackson are generous, and the people in Jackson work together. When I think about the future, the work we're doing with our equity focus, the work we're doing to help marginalized populations become stable, and the fact that when we do help people pull themselves out of poverty and become stable, it's so good for this whole community, it just reinforces that, that we do indeed got this. Jackson, we got this. Collins Brothers floor covering in 15 seconds. <gasps> Flush carpet, pattern carpet, commercial carpet, carpet tile, ceramic tile, porcelain tile, glass tile, decorative tile, floor tile, wall tile, shower tile, subway tile, marble tile, wood tile, vinyl tile, and much more. Guns Brothers downtown. Whew. Seeking success for yourself and others? Looking for a career that positively impacts people and communities? The Michigan Department of Corrections is hiring up to 800 corrections officers. Get paid, plus benefits, while you train. Make a difference while also enjoying a rewarding career. The next training academy is January 24th. Apply at michigan.gov mdoc jobs. Join the team at the Michigan Department of Corrections. Committed to protect, dedicated to success. The Pick Center is an independent practice that has provided care to the Jackson area for over 25 years. Doctors O'Neill and CAC supervise antibiotic infusions, as well as those for many other conditions, such as inflammatory bowel, joint and lung disease, anemia, and multiple sclerosis. Our modern facility is open seven days a week, and the infusion staff will make you feel right at home. Let your doctor know you have a choice where you receive your next infusion. Remember, when you've picked us, you've picked the best. You can have the same great Avenue Auto experience online. Browse our inventory, apply for financing, and get approved to get your next pre-owned vehicle entirely on our website. We'll even deliver right to your home. Visit us online today. Welcome back to the morning show presented by the Pick Center. And from the Pick Center, we have with us Dr. Vivek Hack. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. I, uh, I don't know if you saw me, but I was, I was at the Pick Center on Monday, and I got to tell you, 
it really put a new perspective, uh, even for me, just seeing what uh, you all are doing, treating and uh, treating sick folks with COVID, but the whole process of it with the monoclonal antibody treatment. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how that's been going and what those clinic days are like for you? It's busy. I mean, I think what typically happens is uh, somebody gets tested either at the hospital or one of the rapid testing and their family physician or sometimes the patient themselves calls us to see whether they're eligible for the monoclonal antibody. So, uh, the front office kind of gets their name, gets their test results, and then kind of the physician looks at are they eligible for it? Are they within the time frame? Do they have the other medical problems that make them eligible for it? And typically if they are, then we try and get them in within that day or the next 24 hours kind of stuff. So there are days that we have 15, 20 patients kind of coming in. So once they are eligible, then we give them a call back. Okay, tell them that you're going to be coming here, wait in your cars. Mm -hmm don't come out, we'll come and pick you up, and we'll walk you, see what your oxygen levels are. And then one of the physicians is gonna to talk to you and then get the monoclonal, we watch you, that you're not developing any allergic reactions, which does happen, mm -hmm. fairly rare, but we, I, we've had a couple where we've had to kind of either give them some additional treatments. Mm -hmm. And then we typically follow up with them, kind of ask them how they're doing the next day. The volume has become to a point that sometimes we are not doing that, mm -hmm. but initially we were trying to give them a call back the next day. And if you're very sick, kind of we tell them, okay, this is probably not gonna help you, it's time to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. A few minutes ago, Andy was uh, wondering why we are still seeing these huge numbers in, num in terms of uh, cases, uh, positivity rates, hospitalizations, when we've accomplished so much in terms of vaccinations, you know, overall 70% uh, Nationwide, we're hovering around there, but the cases are still there. What's and the cases are still the cases are still getting up. I mean, I think uh, the two folds. One, I think the concept of herd immunity with vaccination, I think, was a little bit overblown. I think either you get the disease or you get the whole series of vaccinations, and mm -hmm. then that decreases your risk for getting really sick. A lot of the people with, uh, who are getting sick and getting into the hospital are the unvaccinated or the undervaccinated. That's still kind of like 85, I'd say 80 to 85% of that population who's in the admitted is the one who is not vaccinated. And then you have 15% to 20% who are getting breakthrough infections. Majority of them are actually ones who have mild disease. I mean, I think to me the biggest uh, factor or the biggest number that's striking is the fact that we are doing more boosters than first dose vaccinations. Mm -hmm. So in some ways the system has lost the people who really need the vaccination. Mm -hmm. And that's a pity. Mm -hmm. With the vaccine, we've got um, encouraging news this week. The uh, CDC uh, authorized uh, the Pfizer vaccine for children ages 5 to uh, 11. So first, what's in the shot? Is it pretty much the... It's the same, just lower dose. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's a smaller dose for the kids and the same series kind of in some ways. And the good factors, I mean, we know kids don't get really sick, but if you, if you look at kids and the numbers are an approximate kind of when I looked at it, one in uh, a thousand kids will be sick enough to be hospitalized. Hmm. And one in 3,000 or so will be sick enough to get the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in kids, the one that really causes problems. So mm -hmm. comparing to the vaccine side effects, which I think is one in 10,000 or so. I mean, that's, so the, I mean, the data is pretty obvious that in the sense that the vaccine does decrease disease in kids and also prevents uh, the more serious COVID issue, which is in kids, the multi-system inflammatory syndrome. Dr. Kak, how about uh, side effects for children, same as uh, kind of the uh, teenagers and adults experienced before? So majority of that time it's the same thing. It's the mm -hmm. aches and pains and a little bit of fever stuff. Mm -hmm. The big side effect that people worry about with kids, especially would be the myocarditis mm -hmm. issue that was noted among young adults. Uh, more so with boys than girls. So there is going to be a slightly increased risk. And as we expand the vaccination, we're going to see that but still, in terms of the actual numbers of kids who get myocarditis compared to the ones who get really sick, the data is overwhelming in support of vaccination. Mm -hmm. Plus, most of the myocarditis 
issues that have occurred have been mild. Have, have those issues been um, associated with uh, one vaccine over another? I think more so with the <coughs> mRNA vaccine. So I mm -hmm. suspect it's going to be, right now we just have Pfizer, but once Moderna comes out in the, with its data, it's probably going to be the same stuff. Mm -hmm. The dose of Moderna for adults was different than the dose for Pfizer. So if it's dose related, I suspect you might see a little bit more side effects for Moderna. But again, that's my feeling. I have to watch out for what the data mm -hmm. says down the line. Yeah. So the, uh, the treatment that we know uh, is working is the monoclonal antibody. Um, how long are those sessions? Is it once, twice, just, once. just a one-time thing? It's a one-time thing if you've been exposed and got sick. Okay. But let's say there are a bunch of individuals who despite vaccinations don't develop the antibody. Uh, General Paul was, I suspect, a prime example of that with his myeloma stuff. So mm -hmm. if you are among that individual where you got the vaccine, haven't developed the antibody and you get exposed. So the monoclonals are also uh, have a util utility for giving you as post-exposure prophylaxis. Mm -hmm. And you get it before you get sick. In that case, you might need a more frequent uh, dose regimen, especially, let's say, if you're a teacher at a school, you're going to be exposed to kids who are going to bring this multiple times. So you can go that route. What's the, uh, the effectiveness of it? And then what, for the patient, is it like instant? Within 24 hours, you get better. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, it's not 100%. Nothing in life is 100%. Mm -hmm. But it does work in terms of decreasing the risk of progression and hospitalization. Uh, today, uh, Great Britain um, regulators authorized the uh, use of the, uh, the pill that Merck um, is, has developed that is treating um, COVID. Is that something, is that for if and when it gets approved here in the United it's States? It's kind of like the monoclonal. Both of them <coughs> in terms are and I'm not going to try saying the name, the, each time the new drug comes out, it becomes bigger and bigger. <laughs> I, I'd say the M drug is the same way in terms of once you get sick, it decreases the risk of progression to severe disease. Mm -hmm. So kind of like monoclonal. So I think it's going to be a very uh, good uh, addition to the armament because I think now you have monoclonals, you have the pills, and there's going to be another pill coming down the pipeline. Mm. And, and then you have the antidepressant. Yeah, we yeah. Were, I was going to ask if we were going to talk <coughs> about the antidepressant today. Well, yeah, let's do that. Sure. You want to tell yeah. us a little bit about it? So it's interesting. I think in the study, and uh, if you got, you got COVID, and before you got really sick, if you took the antidepressant for 10 days, it's uh, Luvox, which is a serotonin kind of cousin of Prozac in some ways. Okay. You had 11% uh, risk of getting hospitalized or getting to the ER versus 16% in if you didn't do anything. Hmm. So the study was small, and I think there were 400, 500 odd people in each group. And, uh, but it was another addition kind of. The trouble with all of this stuff, it's the first study kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the trouble with first studies is that you want to look at the data very closely because otherwise it would be like the ivermectin stuff where mm -hmm. initially everybody was very big gung-ho. You still have people who are very big gung-ho on ivermectin. The trouble tends to be the data was fabricated. So mm -hmm. once all the fabricated studies have gone away, the data would say there's no benefit of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, you just want what? At least before I say this is the next great thing, you want two studies to confirm. Luvox, I'm a little bit more optimistic compared to ivermectin because there have been more pivotal trials, kind of mm -hmm. small studies, which suggest that there's a benefit. So I think go out in the sun, take your antidepressant if you get, if you're on an antidepressant, don't stop it. But I think rather than adding, asking your family physician if you are positive and saying, give me, prescribe me Luvox, I would kind of say, get me the monoclonal especially. Mm -hmm. And if the M drug mm -hmm. gets kind of license, which I suspect should happen within the next three to four weeks, that would be the other option. Yeah, all positive things though, more treatment, um, which has has to be encouraging for you. I mean, um, I got a little, like I said, I got a little glimpse into what you see on a daily basis. And uh, really it's just, it's amazing for you and the nurses. It's, yeah, it's big nurses, time. If there weren't the nurses and the staff, I don't know how to put an IV. I've forgotten that skill a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's yeah. fairly important. Um, but I think it's a good thing you were there because if you go out into the general world, there's this 
misconception that COVID has gone away. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's why the burnout is uttering. Because right. I mean, I think in the hospital setting, it's still COVID. It's still kind of 40, 50 patients in the ICUs, in the floors who are getting really sick. And we are still seeing deaths from COVID within the hospital setting. So, yes. Yeah, I saw like 15 people, you know, from Jackson getting treatment for COVID at the PIC Center. Mm -hmm. And these are people's families and loved ones and coworkers. So, um, and you see the look, you know, they're scared, they're sick, so. Yeah, well, they it should be, it should be scary. Six new deaths in yesterday's health department report and Henry Ford reporting yesterday, 42 people in the hospital with COVID. So, those, you know, those are sobering numbers For because sure. people are, they're dying. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's not just Jackson Hospital. I think hospitals all across kind of our neck of the woods are seeing patients. The patients are increasing in St. Joe's Ann Arbor and Chelsea on the west side of the state, mm -hmm. especially. Dr. Vivek Kak is with us from the PIC Center. More with Dr. Kak after this. Jackson School of the Arts is partnering with the community of Jackson to save the historic Vermeulen's furniture and breathe new life into this once abandoned building. We are creating a new downtown center for the arts where all arts are accessible to all children. Help build the future. Your connection will leave a legacy of bright minds, compassionate leaders, and community-minded citizens. Jackson School of the Arts, nearly two decades of building lives. Get the facts about the COVID-19 vaccine. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective and provide our best hope of ending the pandemic and returning to normal. The Walk-In Clinic at Center for Family Health is providing vaccines Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. and 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. No appointment is necessary. Don't delay. Stop in today. The Center for Family Health has been opening the door to health care for all in Jackson County for 30 years. When you need metal, and you need it now, Alro Metals Outlet is here for you. When your back is against the wall, our vast inventory of aluminum, steel, plastics, and more will help you get the job done. Whether you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer, our retail stores are your one-stop shop for metals. You select it, we cut to length, and shear to size, right here, right now. Because when you need metal, Alro Metals Outlet has your back. Someone once told me that every community needs a strong hospital, a strong college, and a strong bank. County National Bank is that bank. CMB provides outstanding personal banking services and is the bank of choice for several nonprofit organizations that serve our communities. It's an honor to be part of the growth of the communities we serve in Jackson, Hillsdale, Lenaway, and Allen counties. And we're proud to help local businesses expand and succeed. CMB is banking that stays in the community. Dr. Vivek Kak is with us today on the morning show and a few times uh, over the course of your visits we've talked about uh, India and the, you've, you've made trips there, you've got family there mm -hmm. and this week it's the big Hindu festival Diwali and there's concern with all of that celebration that uh, there could be an uptick. I'm curious how things are in, in India. Well I think uh Memory is a weird thing, so people seem to have forgotten what happened earlier this <laughs> year. So people are going out shopping as much as possible. I think the masking is more in the absence than really? actually. So yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I think uh, it's a big festival. It's kind of like, so last year they didn't do much, so this year they're going to compensate for that. So uh, there is a fear that there's going to be an uptick. What might help a little bit is the fact that uh, 
the extent of disease, especially in the metropolitan areas, was so bad the last time that the amount of people who have been exposed and probably got severe disease and have some partial protection is higher than what is officially recognized. But mm. there are parts of India where it's still ongoing. And the same thing that's happening here in the sense that when you get sick, when you get really sick, you're in the hospital, so you seem to be divorced from the rest of the population. Mm -hmm. So. So there is going to be an uptick, definitely it's going to happen, but uh, hopefully it's not going to be as bad as the last time, because certainly the pictures were pretty horrendous. And besides the pictures, family members, kind of, I mean, multiple family members, and everybody who's here knows someone who died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So true herd immunity then? Well, herd immunity in <coughs> some ways, uh, true, in some ways, but I don't think it's like, 80-85, it's kind of like 90-95 percent. Yeah. I think mm. they did a zero uh, prevalence study in Delhi and they kind of came up with a unusual number, more than 85-90 percent of the population in that city had had the disease. Wow. Do you think uh, folks that are coming in across the country in the hospitals and are making it out or coming in for treatment, do you think it's flipping them, the non-vaccinated? Do you think it's, do you think that um, the people you're seeing are, are going to get vaccinated after the fact? Have you been able to get a read on that? Well, I typically tell them you can't get vaccinated for three months. Mm -hmm. And uh, some do get uh, it. And the bigger thing tends to be the family members kind of, kind of okay, saying yeah. that. But there's still some who kind of have this, that this is a big vast conspiracy that COVID doesn't exist. Yeah. Can't help that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of uh, interesting. We've had obviously we've had doctors on our show that can't con convince their own family members or parents to get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's very tricky when you're trying to speak to the general public. We've also got other uh, vaccinations, the flu season, uh, HPV vaccine. That's another thing we have, nobody's talked about that. It's um, I think a fear that a lot of the vaccines that have been um, standard and uh, acceptable over the last few years are now maybe going to be harder sells. That definitely is going to be an issue, I suspect, <coughs> because it's, uh, we have a lot of vaccines that are mandatory, and uh, the question is, are we going to start weakening those laws, especially for school entry? But flu, I think this year more people are going to get the flu. I want to bring up the HPV vaccine because some of the controversy that we have now with COVID was also at the time w with the HPV vaccine mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the big thing was parents telling, okay, is this a license for your kids to have unprotected sex? When that's, uh, no, it's not a license, but I think the key tends to be if you're a parent, you want your kids protected in all ways, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And sexuality is part of the human process. I mean, none of us would be here if our parents didn't have sex. Majority of the time, I think there. I mean, if you have in vitro fertilization, that's a separate. Order. But the best thing about HPV vaccine was, since development of that vaccine, there has been an 85 to 90 percent decrease in cervical cancer. Wow! To the point that if we have universal vaccination, Pap smears to get for screen for cervical cancer will go out of fashion. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing, especially for females. Maybe a generation down the line when we have HPV vaccination for everybody, you won't be going to your gynecologist every year or every two years to get your pap smear. Mm -hmm. that's well, I'm sure that uh, women would like to hear that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that's a big thing and I think that hasn't had as much play, but I think kind of makes the case that you wait long enough, vaccines do make a defect. Uh, change in lifestyle of individuals. When I was in med school, we used to go to rural areas in India to do pap smears because cervical cancer used to be the biggest killer for young females, much more so than breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's why this screening came in. And cervical cancer screening was great because you, you used to diagnose females when you could treat them. Now you have a treatment or a vaccine that essentially prevents that disease. Hmm. And these vaccines, um, they can all be administered at the same time. Well, the, definitely the flu and the COVID, but the HPV also. I mean, typically HPV tends to be given at a, not early on, around 11 or 12. I mean, the pediatricians have the schedule much better remembered, but it's also getting up to 25, 30 years. So I think if you haven't been exposed to HPV, then you can get the vaccine later in life too. Hmm. 
I was going to ask really quick about hand, foot, and mouth because we <laughs> both. So uh, we had uh, someone we know, very young, got it, and then a friend of mine got it who's my age, and he said it was a nightmare. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who <laughs> right now, but yeah, and then, you know, had it all over his hands and feet. It's a miserable disease. Yeah. It is. It's hand, foot, and mouth. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, but adults can get that. Adults can get that, and adults, when they get it, look feel horrible. Your mouth is full of sores, your mm -hmm. lips are blistered, and I think if you go out, one exception where people think that you have herpes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, it's you, not... You don't go out. I wouldn't. I, I mean, it's not something you want to be seen. It's like, not a good look. No, it's, not it's awful. Like, no, it look, yeah. you look like you're sick, actually. People stay away from you, though. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> do. They definitely do. Um, but yeah, it's you see you see a lot of that in kids and um, and it's and more commonly kids and pediatricians. But in adults, when it happens, those adults tend to be very sick. And mm -hmm. uh, a few times I've seen people admitted to the hospital because a if you go to an adult physician, often they haven't never seen it, right. and <laughs> they'll tell you, oh, I think this is herpes, and that's the biggest thing. And people then freak out, how did yeah. I get herpes? <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a horrible name. It needs a better name. Well, it does. It's hand, foot, and mouth. In is it infection or disease? Uh, disease. Disease. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Is it does it is it a relative to the hoof and mouth disease? It's an enterovirus, kind of. It's a belongs to the same family as polioviruses, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Now I heard this is I don't know if this is true or not, but can you get it? Can adult get it if they had it when they were younger? I think because there's so many enteroviruses, you can get it. So you yeah. can have one and then you can get the second one, kind of different yeah. strain. So the person, so we both know a young yeah, child. Yeah, so a, a child and a, so, uh, so a f in a family, mm -hmm. the child and the father had it. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't know about that. Well, yeah, I didn't tell you. Oh. It's not my family. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's very contagious. Yeah. I mean, because the secretions, uh, are the ones that uh, spread it. So you can kind of say the dad was probably the one who was taking more care of the kid. <laughs> <laughs> He'll love to hear that. It's well, treatable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, well, yeah, it's, you wait it out. You wait it out. You wait it out. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, in Los Angeles, there are school district making the uh, virus or the uh, vaccination for kids mandatory. New York's considering that. Um, do you anticipate, um, maybe not this year, but someday that becomes part of what the group of mandatory vaccines are for kids to go to school? Possibly, though I'm not sure actually. Be, I think my feeling, and I have nothing to base this on, is the fact that A, the virus is going to become endemic, that it's going to be in our population all the time, kind of, mm -hmm. with periodic upgrades and downgrades. I'm hoping, and I'm just hoping, it's kind of like over a period of time when the ball, uh, when everybody is being exposed, it kind of becomes less virulent in some way, shape or form. Kind of like what happens with flu, you have a pandemic, then as the pandemic, the next few years, you have a few busy cases and then you have a low level of circulation. Let's hope. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the PIC Center, Dr. Vivek Kak. The morning show continues. Up next, it's the Chamber Connection presented by Experience Jackson. I knew coming from changing careers, it was going to be hard for me to get an interview. And I think that's the hardest part nowadays is getting your resume in the right hands and out of how many people apply for the same position, why your resume. She put me in front of the right people, which without her, there was no way I would be in the position I am today. They're knowledgeable, they know what they're doing. They really know what they're doing. So they're really able to help you. I would not have found it without them. When Hannah makes a claim with America's preferred home warranty, she's able to choose her own licensed contractor for the repairs. But why does that matter? Let's see how it benefits you. First of all, you can choose a licensed contractor you know, or someone who comes highly recommended. Also, you can choose someone available on your schedule. After all, if a repair is urgent, you don't want to be waiting for the warranty company to send someone. You want it done fast. When you choose, you're in control. Your claim is determined using an independent assessment from your licensed contractor. And you can apply your claim payment to the parts and equipment that work best for your needs and budget. 
Finally, Hannah loves that choosing her own licensed contractor keeps money in her local community, which is a win for everyone. Just remember to always reach out to APHW before starting repairs. It's good to have a choice, and choosing your own licensed contractor with America's preferred home warranty gives you the flexibility and control you deserve. You need a plumber? Grimes Plumbing Company. Licensed and insured, proudly serves the Jackson area with fast, reliable service and competitive pricing, both for repairs and new installs. For fast, reliable plumbing service, call Grimes Plumbing today. And remember, we love water. Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. This week, the Chamber Connection, presented by Experience Jackson, is on the road. Check it out. Welcome to the Chamber Connection, presented by Experience Jackson. I'm at the Michigan Military Heritage Museum with Dennis Kapinski, who is the treasurer here, and Rachel Buchanan, who is at Experience Jackson. And, and this is another uh, place that we're going to be able to add on the map to Jackson. And we're on Wisner Street. Yeah, this is amazing. I just learned today uh, this museum is only about five years old. And for this amazing collection that um, he's going to be showing off here, it's pretty incredible. Now, I think you had the same reaction when, as I did when I walked in. Look at all the things that are here. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. You know, huge compliments to you and your team over the last handful of years here to bring this together. And we're excited uh, to see this um, moving and reopening because it outgrew its old space in Grass Lake. We're excited to have you. Dennis, I'm just blown away by what, what you've already got started here. Um, talk a little bit about the move and uh, what it's going to be able to be, uh, what it's going to be able to be like for you here on Wisner Street. Okay, well, we've been, we've opened five years ago with the World War I Centennial, and we've grew since then, and our lease finally ended, and so we moved into a bigger space, and, more, and we, now we own this building. And one of the things we like about it is we got more space, more space for displays and also for our collections. And we've got a, a, we really focus on the veterans' ex experience and stories about people, such as we've got a cannon from Fort Detroit and a display behind us about the two brothers. We've got George Papar's Marine Dress Blues. He was from he grew up in Dearborn, Michigan. So we've got stories about different people from Michigan, some famous, some not so famous. And we've also, which we don't have up yet, but we're gonna have the story of Veterans Day. It was a, from a, a Detroit mayor and longtime city councilman, Eugene Van Antwerp, which we're gonna be putting on display and let people know that he was basically the father of Veterans Day. And without him, Veterans Day wouldn't be a national holiday. And Dennis, um, uh, again, um, this, uh, this cannon, we'll, we'll show a shot of this. Talk a little bit about the history and, and where that was found. Okay, this cannon's from Fort Detroit. And it, the British occupied it until 1794, when finally the treaty that settled the Revolutionary War um, had the British pull back to Canada. When they pulled back to Canada, in the middle of the river, it was the wintertime, and they burnt the carriages, as you see, the wooden carriages. And the, so the cannon sunk to the bottom of the river. In the 1980s, the Detroit police got a new sonar system for searching the bottom of the river, and they found eight of these cannons. This is the first cannon that was brought up and restored and say it was original cannon from Fort Detroit, and we've got it on display here. It's amazing, you can, you can really feel the history and, and feel the sacrifice from a lot of these artifacts you have. The, uh, you let me pick up a, a German machine gun, I don't know if I should say that. It's amazing how heavy some of this equipment is that soldiers yes. had to lug around. I mean, the, the, uh, the technology for moving, moving some of this equipment was not that good, you had to pick it up. It, well, it, they carried a lot of stuff back when, but also if you go to, to the modern wars, they're still carrying like 60, 80, 100 pounds of equipment. So, I mean, you have to be strong to be a soldier. That's for sure. Now you have um, a ton of mannequins with a ton of different uh, clothing on them. From, uh, talk a little bit about what folks will see um, 
on some of these mannequins. Okay, we tried, we're, we're working on doing a timeline from Native Americans in Michigan up to the modern time. And what we're trying to do is tell the story of Michigan's military heritage, how Michigan influenced the military and how the military influenced Michigan. And it's a really interesting story because we've got a lot of great characters. One of the characters, one of, the, one of our stories is about uh, Major General Square who invented multiplexing. Anybody who knows what that is, it's major, big in telecommunications that makes that scalable and plus it made the internet possible. It's amazing some of these stories and where people were from and then moved to Michigan or if they were from Michigan and moved somewhere else. And there's an interesting story in this uh, display behind me about uh, two family members in separate uh, services. Actually, there's three. There's there? Yeah, there's three. The older brother went with the Burdans with the Union troops, which is the person on the right over there. And he became an officer in the rifles um, from Michigan. And that uh, one mannequin on our left here is a Confederate, and that was the two younger brothers. They went to the South and joined the Confederacy. One was a pharmacist who got out after six months and I guess was working with the medical crew down there, and the other brothers stayed in for the entire war. And the two brothers would have met um, in the Battle of Chickamauga, and I, we don't know if they actually met, but they were both there at the same time. That's amazing. Do you think they would have known that they were going to be meeting, or no, I don't not? think so. I don't think so. No, we we looked up their records records and found out that they were in the same battle. But I don't think when when one went south and the other stayed north, I don't think they had any communications. Yeah. Say they're from outside Battle Creek, so it's an interesting story where people from Michigan were that involved, where one wanted to be with the Union and the others wanted to be with the Confederacy. Now, um, when are you guys getting ready to have your grand opening to the public? Well, we're actually open to the public right now, okay. but we're having a big what to do. It's um, going to be Saturday, November 13th at 11 a.m., and that's when we're going to be open to the public for them to come in, and we're going to have our displays ready, and we'll have a few other treats and stuff here. So Now, you have a passionate group of folks that are here uh, really getting this place ready to go. Uh, talk a little bit about the work that kind of goes into uh, really to pull this off. Well, we first of all, we had a bunch of stuff going on here with contractors, with us doing work, and now we're finally done with most of the dirty work and now we're doing the fun stuff, which is set up the displays and the mannequins and the uniforms and the weapons and all that sort of fun stuff, which that's what we love to do. You know, the construction stuff, painting, doing all that stuff, you know, well, we had to do it and we got it done, so. Yeah, we're at 311 uh, North Wisner, which is uh, across from Picture This and uh, right next to Alro Metals Plus. Very, very easy to find. I wanna ask you before we leave, what is your favorite piece or artifact uh, that you house? Well, actually, it's a building because we're located on the grounds of Camp Austin Blair. Okay. And in 1863, that became the camp in Michigan where at least 25% of the soldiers went through because it was on the north-south, east-west railway line. And so we're located where the commissary quartermaster building would have been. And so that's probably what I think is the most unique piece is that we're located on a historic location. That's awesome, and uh, I'm sure going to be back, and I know, Rachel, uh, you're going to be back for sure. But uh, again, more information will be available on uh, Experience Jackson's website as, as this is going to become a new landmark here in Jackson. Yeah, and it's green, too. I think you chose the right color. Looks good. Awesome. <laughs> That's our Chamber Connection presented by Experience Jackson. Thanks, Dennis. Yep. Thanks, Rachel. If you're looking for a high-quality, affordable alternative to the emergency room, then come to IEP Urgent Care's new location in Jackson. It's the same great ER physicians who have been providing care through our local hospitals since 2008, but now with a new location to serve you better. Our ER-trained providers believe high-quality care is for everyone, so we work with all insurances, including Medicaid and Medicare. Come see us on East Michigan Ave. Insurance companies are bragging all the time about their convenient photo app programs. The only convenience or advantage is to the insurance company. On average, these apps short your claim by thousands of dollars. If your insurance company requires you to take a photo to get paid, let TRIPS help. We'll take the photo, we'll write the estimate, so you get paid what you deserve, and we do this at no charge. Even if you don't have us fix your car, 
we can help. At TRIPS, the right repair is no accident. Searching for medical supplies can be a challenging aspect of the healthcare system, but with help from Brown's Advanced Care Medical Supplies, you can set your worries aside. Our expert staff takes the time to give each of our customers the personal attention they deserve and are trained to find the right products for each individual. If you can't come to us, then let our delivery team come to you to help set up your supplies so you can get back to what really matters, living your life. Brown's Advanced Care Medical Supplies, locally owned, locally operated, locally loved. For over 35 years, Nostalgia Inc. has been Jackson's home for all things comics, graphic novels, and games. Whether it's Spider-Man, Batman, X-Men, The Walking Dead, or even Stranger Things and Star Wars, Nostalgia's friendly staff has decades of experience and can find the perfect gift for that fanatic in your life. With the largest selection and inventory of the latest comics, you're always sure to find something new and different at Nostalgia. Looking for something from years back? Our backstock selection can't be beat. And don't forget to ask about our subscription service so you never miss an issue. Into Magic the Gathering, D&D, Pokemon, or Tabletops? We've got everything you could ever need. Whether you're starting a new hobby, a seasoned collector, or just shopping for that superhero in your life, Nostalgia Inc. is the place for you. Nostalgia Inc. on Mechanic Street in downtown Jackson. At Arbor Manor Rehabilitation and Nursing Center, our staff is committed to helping patients maximize the rehabilitation potential. We believe healthcare goals are best met by putting patients first, and patients are not just their healthcare challenges, they are people first. That is why the needs and preferences of each individual lead the way in how we provide care. I was hesitant. I did not want to come, but then I started realizing that it was my time to relax and take care of things. My experience here with Arbor Manor was wonderful. Uh, they was very encouraging. People here that I've met, and it's probably the whole building pretty much because I walked around a lot, are amazing, are simply amazing. I don't think I would have recovered as fast without Arbor Manor. They treated me like a princess. Welcome back to the morning show on GTV, presented by the Pick Center. You know, Dr. Cack threw me off a little bit when he was talking about sex and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to know. So, yeah. hey, um, did you see my socks? Uh, yes, because you've been talking about them for uh, incessantly. Well, I have, and ooh, look at that. Diet Coke socks. Diet Coke socks. I'll do yeah. the moving, Adam. Where'd Thank you get you. those? My daughter got them for me in uh, California at a ripoff store. Well, you know what? You are one of the biggest Diet Coke fans. Uh, I think only second to me. Uh, and Jeff Steers also has turned into quite the Diet Coke fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we have a lot of diet sodas here, and they're hard to find. When they say, is Diet Pepsi okay? The answer is always no. The answer is... Is Diet Pepsi the only thing available at a restaurant? I don't know why a restaurant wouldn't do Diet Coke. I don't know. I think, I think anyway. it's just more, uh, I don't know. Uh, party with the cause tonight. You yes. still get tickets. I'll be there. And uh, you can try hockey for free this weekend, too. Yeah, absolutely. If you are not, uh, if you are not too busy, you can slide over to uh, Optimist Ice Arena. And that is from 1 to 2, all ages, no experience necessary. Again, all ages, no experience necessary. They provide the equipment. Uh, it's a very cool sport. And StoryFest wraps up on Friday night. Get your tickets to the big community event. Visit myjdl.com. Uh, it's free, but you have to have uh, registration. Later today, Dr. Nish Wadwa, Dr. Mohan Kulkarni, Kelly King, Jenna Shemleski, Aaron Bush, Michelle Kingston, Amy Jans, Ruby Bernhardt, and Dave DeBaker. Thanks for watching The Morning Show.